What's up, everybody? My name is Kyle. This is Derek. And we are the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. And we are ready for part two of an exciting sermon series, podcast series, whatever we want to call this. It's not youth a sermon series. missions teams. No, youth it's not mi- a sermon series. No, it's not. <laughs> but Kyle, I have a quick question of the day for you. All right. Before we dive in, quick question. Bring it on. Hit me with it. Do you like mission teams? Oh, I love missions teams. They're the best. Cool. Let's jump in. Wow, what a quick question. <laughs> this is heavy-hitting journalism from Pastor Derek here. Uh, if you missed part one of our missions teams uh, series, you're definitely going to want to go back, check that out uh, before listening here to part two. But we just got through uh, talking about finances, talking about fundraising, and the last big thing that you need to do before you you know, really start getting your feet up off the ground is partner with parents. This is a universal youth ministry concept. It really should be, you know. It really should be. Uh, but I always like to have an informational meeting with parents um, before we really get wrapped up with signups. Um you know, we typically we announce our mission teams uh, the Wednesday. I guess it'd be eight days before Thanksgiving, because uh, we take the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving off, and so that's the Wednesday we announce them. And signups wrap up just before Christmas, so there's about a month window to sign up. And I typically at the beginning of December. I'll do an informational meeting with parents on a Sunday morning. We'll bring them all in. I'll I'll talk about both of the teams, and uh, and give them all of the all the stuff that they need, and uh, or all the information, anyways. And then uh, they have a better understanding as to what what they're signing their kids up for, uh, which is important. Yeah, and I think it's it. When it comes to informational meetings, what we have to remember as youth pastors is they are literally entrusting their kids to us for a span of six to 10 days. And so the more information you can give them, the more they're going to trust you, the more they're going to be willing to send their kid. Because if they they don't know what they're sending their kid into, they're not going to send their kid into it. And so this, this is purely you partnering with parents to say, I'm trustworthy, I'm organized. This is not some whim that we're just going on. Yep. This is a done deal that's organized, a well-oiled machine. Your kids will be safe because something we didn't address in the last episode, if there is one thing that you need to prioritize more than finances, more than location, more than anything, you must prioritize food. No, not quite. Safety. <laughs> safety. You need to prioritize. Food is a close second. It is. It is. But like safety is critical. Like you can have the best trip lined up, the best itinerary, the best location, all of that. But like if the kids are not going to be 100% safe, it is not worth doing. Yep. Any uh, y- any time you are taking students uh, for more than like for at least one night. 
uh, you know, parents are going to have a lot more questions. And if you are organized, if you have the answers to their questions, or you know how to get very easily get the answer to their questions, uh, that's that's going to be a huge boost of confidence in parents' minds. And, and that's, that's really important when we're talking about this informational meeting. If you can give them all of the answers to their questions, talk about that safety piece, talk about the logistics of, of how you're going to get there, and then really where you should spend the most time in this meeting, uh, maybe 50-50 on the safety and the logistics and the vision and, and the why. You know, if, if parents grasp the vision behind what you're doing, they are much more likely to sign their kid up for whatever it is that you're doing. And if they see the passion in you for missions teams, if they see that that you're organized and they see that, oh man, this is the impact that my student can have and, and the impact that God can have in my student, then they're going to be a lot more eager to sign their kid up for this missions team. And then I also like to, uh, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but... Um, you know, the communication and the partnering with the parents does not stop after this meeting, right? You get, you know, X number of kids signed up. I think we had 14 or 15 hypothetical students for our yeah. hypothetical Dominican Republic missions team. <laughs> Hypothetically. Uh, right. And so for those 14 kids, that's that's 14, uh, you know, kids whose parents need to know what's going on. Communication with them is going to be key. And so after uh, we get everybody signed up, I like to do four training meetings throughout the spring with our students. And so that obviously ends up being one every, you know, six weeks or so, yep. f- four to six weeks uh, as we as we start going. The first one I usually do in January, and I do it with everybody, all of the kids, all of the parents that are going to be involved uh, in this team. And that's where I give out everything. Yep. And I have learned to invite the parents to this event because the kids don't remember anything. And, and they I, lose stuff. Y- right. Yeah. I know Derek has no idea what I'm talking about. No here. clue. <laughs> it's it's terrifying. It really is. You have to say things five or six times. Um, but again, that's youth ministry. That's not just specific to right. Teams. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You're spot on. Um, and so I, you know, medical waivers, permission forms, uh, you know, make sure that parents get all of those at this meeting, preferably if they can get them all signed to you and returned at this meeting, that's even better. Yep. Uh, that is a pipe dream, but <laughs> it's, it's ideal. Uh, the other thing that again, I, you know, you don't think of right away, but I mentioned trip insurance in the last episode and for the trip insurance that we usually get, one of the things that they have to do is uh, get a form notarized. And, you know, notaries are at every bank. They're at every UPS. Yep. Uh, you know, our our church admin, uh, Jeannie here, is a notary. And so, uh, you know, she is able to facilitate some of that. We also have a youth parent right now that I know is a notary. And so they're, they are, they're actually more common than, than I think I thought they were uh, when, I, when I first needed to go through this process. But they can feel elusive. Like I had parents coming oh, to sure. me this year who are like, where do I find a notary? And it's like... Yeah, you can find them pretty much everywhere, but you don't really know where to start looking. Right. Like, it's one of those things that there's not like a notary's office usually. <laughs> that would be nice. That, that would, would be, be super nice. Much more convenient. 
Um, but I, so like for us, I had a parent who was a notary and she was able to just be at that first meeting and she notarized half of the parents forms for that. And it was awesome. Nice. But the, but the thing that needs to be notarized in this insurance, uh, you know, process that I'm alluding to, the biggest thing is that these parents are legally signing temporary guardianship over to you as the youth pastor. No pressure. Right? It sounds super intimidating. Uh, but, you know, the the reason is that, you know, heaven forbid something happen where you have a student that's unconscious and a medical decision needs to be made. Or the other thing that they always make sure they mention in these forms is like if a dental decision needs to be made. Oh, I'm like, boy. what in the world? <laughs> if, you're, if you're a student... Choose a jawbreaker on the plane. Apparently, and snaps his molar. What do you do? Like that would that was the weirdest caveat on an insurance form I think I've ever seen. Insurance forms in general are just goofy. They are, and they're intimidating if you don't know what to do. Correct. But the bottom line, so the reason that I bring it up is because that can seem intimidating to pe- anybody that's organizing a missions team. Um, it's it's really not. Uh, you know, the, the, all of this insurance stuff is exactly that it's insurance just in case Yep. the odds of you ever having to utilize this are really, really low. And so that's, but, but I want to make sure that I mention it because it's something that can crop up from time to time. Um, so that's, that's the first meeting is really, it's a lot of boring business stuff. Absolutely. Uh, from there on out, meetings two, three, and four, I just have the students there. I don't have the parents there. I will still communicate with parents through email. Uh, I will make a Facebook group for the parents, and I will do some communication on that. Uh, but most the the best communication tool that I love to use is an app called GroupMe. Mm, GroupMe is good. Yes, Derek's used it. I've used it. It is a phenomenal app. It's it's for group messaging. And if you have ever been in a group chat where somebody has an Android and somebody else has an oh, iPhone, it is the worst. It is the worst. It Those the two worst. companies do not like each other, and so they purposely make it awful to communicate with each other. Yep. And it makes life miserable for everybody else. Amen. And so GroupMe is a separate app that just streamlines all of that group messaging. Highly recommend. I love using it. Uh, and so I'll use that to communicate. We make a group me for all of the students that are going to be on the trip uh, to to communicate some throughout the pre-trip process. And again, this is I, I use group me for our international trip with our high schoolers. Yep. Uh, I don't use group me for that mid- for any like sure. trips that have primarily yep. middle school students. Our regional trip is mostly middle school students. A lot of our middle school students don't have phones, so that makes group me kind of useless. And so that's where I will, I'll use GroupMe more with, with our high schoolers. Um, but with that second, uh, and, and I'll give out the GroupMe information at that first meeting too. But with the second meeting, I love doing team building activities. Mm-hmm. And it sounds super cheesy, but I'm going to share a few with you guys. And Derek, if you have any that you've ever done, feel free to chime in here because this is one of my favorite things about our pre-trip process because it throws kids for a loop every oh, time. Yeah. And so I like one of the easy ones that I've done in the past was I broke kids into groups of like three or four. And it was like the classic, here's a bunch of marshmallows and a bunch of uh, spaghetti noodles, uncooked spaghetti noodles. 
and who whichever group builds the tallest freestanding structure in 10 minutes uh you know wins or something like that uh super simple but you know i designed the groups ahead of time i didn't let them pick so that you know you had some kids in groups with people that they didn't normally talk to right uh which was really really fun uh one of the ones that i did actually i mentioned on the last episode we did a panama trip where our group was doing helping with assemblies in schools and we had to do some like skits and stuff and so what we did for the team building activity that year was uh, I found this is something that's big within the Assemblies of God denomination, uh, less so in other denominations, is something called human videos yep. is, is one of the yep. names that it's commonly known by. Uh, it kind of looks like a music video for a song, but it's like an intentional skit set to music, basically. And we, I found two simpler ones on YouTube, and I split the group in half, and I said, okay, this group, here's this video. You have 20 minutes to learn it, and then you have to come back and perform oh, it. Oh, boy. And then, you know, same thing with the other yep. group with a different video. It was hilarious. And the kids, like, I told them, hey, here's what we're going to do. Oh, by the way, you have 20 minutes. Go. And they're just freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, we got this, 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 that, the other thing. It was so funny. And they had a blast doing it yep. because some kids love that. Some kids would rather be in the background, and there's a little bit of both of those in in these different videos. But it it just got them thinking on their feet, and, which they need to do on a trip, and they absolutely need to do that. Flexibility is the number one thing that I teach it's our students. It's the biggest F word on the. On, <laughs> I on hope the so. Trip. I hope it is. Uh, and so that's that's really fun. The other one that I'll mention, actually two more, because this is fun. Uh, one year, I did. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever do this in like a science class in school where you had an egg and then you had other supplies like tape to, to or build popsicle like a sticks nest or something? Or yeah, like break. newspaper, yep. paper, mm -hmm. whatever. You got to build some sort of contraption to where the egg goes inside of it, and then you drop the egg from a predetermined height. And yep. if it breaks, you lose. Yep. If it falls to the ground and the egg is unbroken, then you win. And so I paired our kids up, and you know we had groups of two trying to do this in one of our pre-trip training meetings. And I actually got in a little bit of trouble for that. Not for the reason that you'd think, because I did have enough foresight to buy a really cheap shower curtain and put it on Smart. the ground on the Smart. carpet in the church so that I did not get egg all over the church carpet. But we did this in a room that was adjacent. Uh, there was just a hallway, a small hallway in between the room we were in and the sanctuary where the Sunday morning service was going on. Oh, and, no. And we had one group that, you know, you're supposed to use this stuff to build something so that the egg doesn't break. Yep. Most groups build something that the egg drops in. Sure. This group builds something the egg drops into. And so the egg was just free falling on its own, and they tried to build some sort of a ramp that the egg would slide <laughs> down so that it did not break. The oh. I I don't remember who was a part of it, and so I apologize if I offend them. But it was the dumbest thing oh, yeah. I have ever seen. Yep. And what happened was the egg. I I dropped the egg, and instead of like sliding down this thing, it bounced off the very top of it, of course, like a trampoline, and fell to the ground, unbroken. No way. And so the whole team is just going ah! nuts. Like, oh, 
I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, what in the world? No, Pastor Rick's having a somber moment in the sanctuary. Right, it was in the middle of the sermon. Oh, and I don't good. think it was a super intense moment, but afterwards I heard like, yeah, we could hear you guys in the sanctuary. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But also, I'm not sorry at all because that was awesome. Oh yeah. And it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm a little sorry. But uh, so that was that was one. And then my favorite one that we've done was uh, <laughs> this whole episode is just going to be about these activities I've, now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite one we did was we have security cameras uh, throughout our yep. building. And I sent our kids into our kids church room. And there were 12 kids on the team, on the missions team. And so I had 12 paper bags on the stage, each one had, I think, 100 popsicle sticks and one of those glue bottles. And I told them, I was like, okay, there's 12 of you. There's 12 bags up here. So each of you grab one, build me a house. And that's, that's all I said. And then me and all of the other adult leaders left the room. And they had an hour in there. And my my thought process was, so then we went over and watched them on the security cameras. I was wondering where the security cameras yeah. came and in. So, I was and like, so that's, okay. So we went over into the security room and just watched them for an hour. It didn't have audio, so we just narrated. Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, I would love to hear that. And And so I'm thinking... You know, it'd be interesting to see like which kids are like, oh, this is a dumb project. I'm not going to do it. And which kids are like, oh, I'm going to build this awesome house or whatever. And and I thought to myself, you know, if if some of the kids come together and build a house together and pool their resources, that would be a win. Mm -hmm. Like that would be kind of the win for me. Sure. And so it didn't take them long to figure out, yeah, they're probably watching us on the security camera. And so every once in a while, they'd wave to it or, or do something, of course. You know, dance a silly dance, whatever. Yep. But right away, right, there were some of the juniors or seniors that kind of took charge of the group. So that was kind of interesting to see which kids were like the social leaders. Yep. And there were 12 kids on the team. 11 of them came together and were all building a one house together. Wow. Which was really really cool to see. Uh, they were and they were they were trying to like build panels separately, and then they'd construct all the panels together, which was a pretty good way, a pretty efficient way to do it. The and there was one kid that just decided, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be off by myself, and it didn't surprise me because like he would rather work by himself. Sure. But what happened was he by himself got way farther than everybody else did working together. And so that was an interesting dynamic too. But uh, like minute 55, 56 comes around and they're finding out the glue is not drying fast enough for the scope of this project that we're trying to do. And so they valued my command of build me a house more than, they, they valued that higher than doing it with the resources that I had given them. And so this is like January or February that we're doing this in Minnesota. And so they all had winter jackets. They took a bunch of chairs, stacked them together, put the jackets over the top of it to create a roof. And then they all climbed underneath this fort that they had made. And that was the house that they built. And I just sat back like, 
well done. Yeah. You know, right. we- absolutely well done. Like that was the creativity was super cool. So yeah. then we ex- went in and explained to them, you know, what was going on, why sure. we had made the, and, and kind of talked through, yeah. you know, here were some of the leadership things we saw. Here were the group, like the, the teamwork that we saw was really cool to see. And so we just kind of talked through some of that with them and how that related to the missions team that we were going to be on. But that was, that one was my favorite. So I'm going to have to, I'm curious to know if you expected, like if, if you went into, to that activity looking for that or if you're just kind of like let's see what happens and just had a completely blank slate i i literally i was like if they just like if a couple students come together and build a house together instead of separately like i would see that as sure i did not at all think that they were just gonna like build a fort out of chairs that was even better so that was really fun i'm gonna have to steal that yeah that one that one was really fun but uh Anyways, uh, there's a lot of different things you can do in some of these training meetings. Like I know, Derek, you mentioned uh, there were like some books or different yeah. things that that the AIM trip did. How did they incorporate those into the training for that pre-trip process? Yeah. So here, here's kind of my perspective on, on, on trainings. They need to be mandatory. And uh, yep. e- even if like stuff happens, right? Like sometimes there's section finals or there's a death in the family and they can't make it. But short of like an extenuating circumstance, we had a rule where you could miss one and it had to be for good reason. And yeah. the reason for that is because what we are creating in these trainings are scenarios that will emulate stuff you might experience on the trip. Like we joke about like the biggest effort on the trip is flexibility, but like it happened. Like we got down to Phoenix and one of the people at the dream center had recently been let go for some personal reasons. And so our outreaches like couldn't happen. We had to figure out a different activity and a different way we were going to go about ministry. And that was stuff you can't plan for. But when you can emulate scenarios like you just talked about where, okay, stuff's changing. You have to think on your feet. Like what, what are you going to do? That's the purpose of those, especially this requirement of being in trainings and, and making them mandatory is all the more critical, especially if you have multiple churches coming together because when you go down to wherever you're going or you go up to wherever you're going, you are one unified team. They they no longer see you as, oh, well, you're from the Little Falls area or you're from the St. Francis area. They see you as like a, you're from Minnesota. Like you're here to serve. And so you like, I love what you can, because that even happens within your own ministry, right? Like you might have the kids that are really best friends and then there might be kids on the team that they have maybe said two sentences to before, but forcing them to come together three or four times before you go helps develop that friendship that will inevitably be successful. But, um, Kyle mentioned books. This was something that we did on the trip. Uh, we gave the kids homework on purpose. Same, yep. same idea of you get out of it what you put into it. So we had them read um, some books. Uh, Bobby Lokanen has a book called Watermark, which is a devotional book with some really good content that we all went through. And it's not 300 pages. No. <laughs> it, the, 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 this is not an uh, unreasonable ask of your students. We're not looking... We're not looking to make them jump through a bunch of hoops. Part of there is a partly a, a commitment that we want them to see fulfilled. But these resources that we use are very intentional. They're quick reads. They're very practical. One was called like from good to great, and just, it was the principle of like just being great versus just being good. Uh, but like the the big piece is 
stretching these students to make their faith their own. Like mm-hmm. I said, the four students I highlighted last episode are on fire for God right now. Going into those trainings, they were not, right? Like they, they a lot of them grew up in church. They knew about Jesus. They, they are some of our faithful attenders, but like they were being asked to pray out loud, which for a lot of them was very challenging. Like they were very uncomfortable with that. But because they did it in training, they were like, well, Derek's asking me to do it, so I got to do it. And so you could tell that you could even even as they're praying, you could tell they were uncomfortable. But what was so cool about that is when we got down to Phoenix and they were being asked to pray for a stranger on the street, they launched into some sweet prayers right. because they were prepared for it, yep. right? If you if you go to Phoenix and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, would you be cool praying for this person? They'd look at you like, absolutely not. Yep. But because they've been preparing for the scenario, they're ready for it. And so when it comes to training, it is just that, like, you cannot replicate every single thing you're going to be on the trip, but you can put things in place, education materials, and if nothing else, we ask them to be consistent with their devotions, like consistently being close to God. Like That should be a prerequisite, but like at the same time, it was something now that we can enforce of like, are you being consistent with your devos? Yes. Okay, awesome. What's God speaking to you? And then they, then they, they share with us. So, you know, it just, it goes back to that mission teams versus mission trip. Like, if they just like, if if you think of Kyle's a football coach, if he showed up to his game tonight and they didn't practice all week, they might be able to run some plays. They might be able to do a few things well, but odds are like not really not going to go very well, right? So like it's the same thing with with something like this. You need to be prepared for what you're going into do. If nothing else, even just a headspace of like we're going to do this, not just I show up on Monday and yeah I'm going on a mission trip tomorrow. Like no like. This is what we've been preparing for. It's yeah. showtime. Let's yeah. go. And there's going to be different levels of, you know, like for we mentioned in the last episode, different levels of missions teams that you can send out where if yeah. you're doing kind of that uh, super in, intense and intentional uh, international trip with just a few of your students and and they're the ones that are super on fire, have a higher standard for that. Yeah. If you are doing a middle school missions experience where this is their first experience with missions, you know, actually going themselves and, you know, they're going for like five days and you're only going like an hour and a half away. And, you know, you should have different expectations and, and your pre-trip process is probably going to look a little bit different, but having pushing students before you leave is going to help after you leave. And, And and be willing to switch it up. Yeah, from year to year. Yeah, even. don't I yeah, don't do the same like those uh team building activities like we haven't done the same one twice. And we might circle back and you know repeat one eventually, but I want to make sure that if we're going to repeat one, none of the kids on the team did it the first time yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of the point. And and even if you like I think of books for a second. If you if you go through the book and the kids just didn't receive it well because it was too in-depth, too irrelevant, like whatever that reason is, don't use it again. Right, don't, don't pick the same book Don't again. think like you're a failure and like you just are going to take books. Like just replace it with a different one. Try a different one. There's like plenty we are of growing. resources out yeah. there. Absolutely. Yep. The, other, the other thing that I'll say, the last thing I say about that training process and that pre-trip process is I love, and it doesn't work out every year. It didn't work out this past year. But if I can, I love to organize an opportunity for our team to serve together before we leave. Mm. Uh, you know, there's an organization that's got a headquarters right down the street from us yep. called Feed My Starving Children. 
And great it's a great opportunity for our team to go and serve together before we actually leave, uh, get on the plane or get on the bus in the vans wherever we are headed. And so that's that's an absolutely phenomenal opportunity for us uh, to do that. Didn't work out this year, unfortunately, due to COVID and they had to restrict their group sizes um, plus as Derek mentioned in the last episode, COVID messed with school schedules. Yep. And so that's, uh, that kind of messed with us too, a little bit, but, uh, that's, th- there's a lot of different things that you can do. I'd encourage you guys be intentional with that pre-trip process, uh, when you are equipping your students and preparing them to go. Um, all right, Derek, we are, we got our team of 14 kids. Yep. Uh, we've got, Yo, you, me, and one other leader, yep. uh, hopefully a female, because we probably oh, have yes. some female students. Yes. I, I, I feel like we didn't say that, but it should go without saying that yeah. if you have both male and female students on this trip, you should you probably both. have at least one male and female yep. leader. Uh, I, I hope that didn't need to be said, but in case it did, there you go. Uh, all right, so we are there. We are in the Dominican Republic on this hypothetical mission team. Uh one of the things that I love in doing with our missions teams, and I don't know where it started. I don't think I, I remember doing it on some of the teams that I was on in high school. I'm sure lots of youth pastors do it, but we do a team debrief every night at yep. the end of the day. Yep. And this is something that I have had to not fight for, but I've had to maybe elbow for with some of the ministries that we've partnered with. And if they flat out say like, yeah, either you don't have time for that or you can't do that, then that's a pretty big red flag that I might not partner with them because I value these team briefs so highly. You do them with the missionary that you're working with. Sometimes. Yes. Uh, But not always, not always. Sometimes it's just our team. And, and this is, you know, sometimes like I want to respect the missionaries time. Yeah. And so sometimes like, they want they need to go home and get some rest before tomorrow. Yep. And we can do this with our team uh you know without them having to be there. Correct. And so like I remember when we were in Puerto Rico, you know, the missionaries didn't live on the campsite that we were at and so they went home and we met in the dining hall with our team and we just had a time of worship. Uh you know, we brought a guitar and just spent some time in worship. I am not the greatest guitar player in the world. I am not the greatest worship leader in the world. You don't have to be when the Holy Spirit is present. In some way, that's more effective, <laughs> honestly. And, and what I love about the worship time in these debriefs on mission teams is that it does not have to be fancy. You you don't have all of the lights and all of the other... And you might have a drum set on a normal Wednesday night. You don't get a drum set in this setting. And so for us, it was a really cool opportunity to kind of strip it down and and just the heart of worship was so pure in those moments uh it creates a much more uh worship focused experience for those kids and their worship is a lot is is more pure almost because it's not about the lights it's not about the fancy sounds and the drums and all the, the electric guitars all of that stuff and so that can be cool and if you don't have a guitar you don't have to have a guitar i mean it can be uh, it can be just a YouTube video on your phone. Yep. It can be acapella, whatever you want to do. If, if you can incorporate that in any way into these debriefs, I would highly encourage you to do it because 
it is so, so powerful for that team to be able to worship together every single night. And then the other thing that we do is I kind of preload some questions and I'd like debrief questions like, Hey, what did you experience today? And hear from some kids, uh, on that, you know, one of the ones that I love to do is ask, what did you see God do in one of your teammates today? And that's a question that I will preface the night before and say, Hey, here's the question that I'm going to ask tomorrow night. So be looking. And I love it because what it does is they have to look at their teammates and see God moving in them, right? They have to be paying attention all throughout the day. And uh, I love doing that. Like Derek mentioned prayer. I love like, hey, tonight we're going to break out into groups of two or three. Try to find some people you don't normally talk to or haven't connected with so far on this team and pray with them. Just be like, hey, how can I pray for you? Everybody kind of shares a little bit and then you guys just go around praying for each other. There's a lot of different things you can do with that time, but just giving them an opportunity to process and giving them an opportunity to breathe a little bit and talk about uh, what they experienced can be really powerful. Yeah, and a lot of times you're doing this at the end of the night, like Kyle is saying. So it's one of those experiences where sometimes your students are just gassed and they don't want to do it. And my biggest piece of advice to youth pastors who are listening to this When it comes to questions, propose the question and shut your mouth. Shut up. Like literally, because there's that period. I've seen this, especially early on in the trip, especially. There is that awkward pause of, I don't want to speak. But when that first person steps out, it's like the floodgates are open. All of a sudden, they're just sharing back and forth. And so I think of the first night we were in Phoenix, like I told you, we had wheels up at MSP flying out of the state at six o'clock in the morning, which meant we were oh, at the it's... airport at four, which meant those some people were traveling two hours to get to the airport. Yep. So they were literally they didn't go to bed the night before because they were had to be up at one thirty anyway. So you have to think they're they're were flying out of Minneapolis at six, landing in Phoenix around 9 o'clock in the morning, Phoenix time, because you jump time zones. And so we drop our stuff, we get ready, and we jump right into ministry, and we do ministry until 8 p.m. and then drive a half hour back to where we were staying. So now it's 8.30 p.m. Really, at the time, it was, what would that be, 9.30, maybe? 9 or 10.30, depending. Anyway. Arizona does that fun thing where they don't do daylight savings time. Regardless, some people were up for going on almost 24 hours at this point. Yep. But when the kids started to talk about what was happening, we sat down there and talked for 30 or 40 minutes of just like, about this and about this and about this and about this. And every night from that point on, debriefs became a much more exciting thing. They, yeah. they couldn't wait to share what God was doing. And they're just, though that is where, when you talk about, you know, the student impact of a, of a mission team, this is where rubber meets the road for them. This is where they start to actually physically unpack what they saw and how that's going to impact them long term. If you miss this piece of it, you are doing a huge disservice to your students because they have all these crazy experiences that they just experienced without any idea of how to unpack them in a good way. And so like it's 
I, I look back on our trip and I can distinctly remember some student talking about this. Like, it's crazy how this happened three months ago, but I remember this student sharing this or this person praying for this person. And these debriefs are really just like what materialized everything for us. Yeah. And I, I have had students come back from mission teams and say that the debriefs were one of their favorite parts. And, you know, they they can be so pure. And if students are willing to get a little bit vulnerable and if you create a space as a leader for them to do that safely, where, you know, silence is uncomfortable, but it's necessary a little bit, especially at the start, then they are going to open up and it's going to be absolutely awesome. The other thing that can be really powerful with debriefs is that depending on the structure of what your team is doing, not every kid is going to have the same experience. When we were in Costa Rica, there were a lot of times where our students were split into three different groups where we had some going to do VBS, some were doing construction, and then some were over, there were some houses that burnt down that some people in our team were helping to clean up and, and start the rebuilding process. And so you can come together as a team at the end of the night then and the kids that were at VBS can tell the kids that were on construction how VBS was that day. And, you know, you can you can hear the different experiences, whereas a student, I didn't get to be there that day. And so I want to hear what happened and what God did uh, with that group of students that I couldn't be a part of that day. And what I love, something we did in Phoenix, I, I literally like get emotional thinking about this night because there was one night where I told you, again, being flexible, one of the missionary so we partnered again with the dream center down in phoenix one of their staff members who we had didn't know from adam had to be let go so our outreach that that night got like canceled so instead of just sitting there we took we took some extended time to rest because it was coming off of a long day but after dinner we debriefed and we split up into guys and girls and the girls met and debriefed and talked but our leader, Sam, Pastor Sam, led the guys in like a good debrief, but then a devotional thought about purity and about all this stuff. And so I kid you not for, we were crammed in my hotel room because we, we stayed in hotels because of another just weird thing. So there's like 12 dudes in this little standard two, two queen bed like hotel room talking about like these insanely vulnerable honest things that we as dudes walk through. And what was so cool for us as pastors is we stepped back because the guys would con- would confess stuff. We'd lay hands on them. We'd pray for them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, somebody else wanted to do the same thing. So we stepped back. And, like, for three hours, this debrief went on with no uh, – we did not plan it. We did not do any of it. It just happened. But that's the power of when you foster those debriefs and value those debriefs, it really lets the kids have a medium and a place for God to move in their own heart. Mm -hmm. And like by you creating that space and you fostering it, like we talked about shutting up, like that's valuable too. But at the same time, guiding students and asking those questions as, as the spirit leads, like, oh man, it's so good. It's just so good to have this time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, splitting up into guys and girls for the debrief reminds me of something that I definitely want to mention. Uh, when you, as a leader, one of the things that you need to look out for uh, when you are leading a missions team is that, you know, depending on how long it is, you're looking at 150 to 200 straight hours that this team is together. Yeah. Students will see the absolute spiritual best 
of each other of while on this trip, mm-hmm. and that is attractive. Mm-hmm. And you will see. Hey, Kyle, remind me of where you met your wife. Uh, on curious? a church mission trip. Oh, why okay. do you ask? I, I would <laughs> <laughs> why do you ask? Uh, it is common for relationships to begin on church mission teams. For what it's worth, we have a relationship that started after a mission trip, just to give credibility. To you it. and I, or you and your no, wife? N- no, no. I have I have a student. Oh, you have students who in your met ministry. somebody from a different church on a mission wow. trip, and now they are dating. Interesting. Well, yeah. and see, here's here's what I want to say is. You know, because we actually there's there I know of you know plenty of students over the years that have started dating you know because of missions teams, and that is not a bad thing. Nope, nope, it's not. When they get super like cuddly or siloed on the mission team, that's when no it starts bueno. to be a problem. No bueno. And so one of the things that I would encourage leaders to do is first of all mention this in some of the pre-trip training process yep where you can tell your kids hey listen you will you, not date like <laughs> I, you, you will you maybe not don't date have or to, we will shoot you with nerf you guns. maybe don't have to go that far but if if it's going to be a problem then you know it's going to be a problem i have seen students who you know were dating like there's there's a specific couple that comes to mind of two students that went on a mission trip with us that were dating long before the mission trip took place. And they were dating all throughout the mission trip and they did a phenomenal job with it. Like it wasn't weird. They weren't weird. Uh, you know, it wasn't weird. Like that's the best way I can think of to describe it. And when you get, when that becomes a problem, it's a distraction, not just for those two students, obviously, but also all of the students around them. And that's not why we're there. If you guys want to, you know, start dating after we get back, that's fine. I would highly encourage students, if you meet somebody on a church mission trip that you find attractive, stop and like a month after the trip comes back, right? A month after your team comes back, if you are still attracted to that person and you want to date them, fine. But give it that buffer to let the mission trip wear off. And if you still, like, you just happen to meet them there, but you, you know, you really like them, then whatever. But don't let that be a distraction to what God wants to do in you and through you on this missions team. Yep. Hey man, Kyle. That's oh, that, man. That, that, that's some good preaching right there. That's just kids figure it out. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing, while you're on the trip, that I'd encourage uh, youth pastors to do is a debrief with the adults. Uh, I don't do this every single night necessarily, but uh, sometimes you know something happens throughout the day that it's just a good thing for you and your adult leadership team on the trip to connect and and talk about. Uh, you know, one of the things, actually, I'll talk about that later, but it, you know, there, it might be a serious thing or it might just be a logistical thing yep. that you guys need tomorrow to talk we're through. we're doing this. Exactly. And this. And yeah. Yep. You know, this is what's happening tomorrow or it's, Hey, this issue came up today. Let's talk about it. But a time to debrief with your adults is important. Um, all right. So our hypothetical trip has come to a close. Uh, we, God has done some awesome stuff on this trip. Our kids have worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Let's have a little bit of fun. Nope, can't. <laughs> I kicked off this whole thing by saying that your missions team should not closely resemble a vacation. But 
I do like to have some sort of, you know, fun day or, or a fun activity that we can work into our missions team in some way as a reward or right. Yeah. yeah just, just yep. have that, that fun element, let a little, let loose a little bit. Uh, you know, when we were in Puerto Rico, uh, we went, uh, to a beach for an afternoon, yep. uh, or the other year we were there, we went, uh, they had this like, uh, you know, this stream pond ish place, uh, deep in the jungle. And there were some natural rock water slides. There were yep. some like rock jumps, uh, just uh, rope swing, different things. When we were in Phoenix, we drove three hours, three and a half hours to the Grand Canyon because. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. But like, whereas you're going, because like with with how our trip was scheduled, we had an off day in the middle of our trip, which was unique to us. Okay, yeah. So like, we worked hard for the first two days, to had an off day at the Grand Canyon, came yep. back, and then finished strong the last couple days. Yeah. And you know? when we were in Panama, we actually had our off day like the first full day we were there. Which was which yeah. was really weird. Yeah. Uh you know, we we went to like a, a market and then we actually went to the Panama Canal. Nice. And uh and got to experience that. Uh when we were in Costa Rica we actually went zip lining, which was super, super fun. Uh but just having one of those fun options and then the other thing that I love to do, um it probably hasn't come up on this uh, on this podcast at all before, but I really like the show The Office. And so, <laughs> and, who's your favorite Office character? Uh, all of them. Um, you can't. It's not. You're you're that kid. Okay, who, this is an unpopular. You have one wish, and you go, "I'll take many more wishes." Uh, obviously, hey, if it's not in the bylaws or the fine print, then I'm gonna say you're it. You're one of those. Uh, this is Anyways. an unpopular opinion, but I find Creed hilarious Dude, he's hilarious uh, <laughs> but one of the like if you've ever seen the office one of the things that they do are the dundee awards and so one of the things that we have done at a lot of our missions teams we call them the paper plate awards yep and we literally take we pack you know a pa- at least one paper plate for every single person sometimes we bring a few extras because we ruin them <laughs> uh but we like just take a sharpie and write the kid's name and a goofy award that we are giving them, you know, it most might... likely to lose a shoe in the creek, or right, most likely to drop their phone in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, uh, I hope that was not an award that had no, to be given out. It was but, not. <laughs> we lost a kid in the Grand Canyon, but well, that's no good. Uh, no, at least, kidding. at least their phone was safe. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, most likely uh, to oversleep and and miss the bust. Uh, most likely to have the coolest sunglasses, whatever it is. I, I love to tie them to something that happened on the trip. The kids get a kick out of it. Yep. They absolutely love it. Uh, and, and that's just a fun way, you know, at those leader debriefs, you guys can kind of come up with those and have leaders watching for different ideas for those. But that's just a fun way. I love to do that the last night that we're there just to celebrate and, and have a little bit of fun and laugh together as a team. And it's just a fun, goofy way to come together as a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. Um, okay. So, Derek, we were successful in that we brought every single student back. Uh, that we brought to the Dominican Republic. Uh, They all made it back to Minneapolis uh, successfully. Now what? Sleep. Yes. You sleep (laughs) a lot, right? Definitely. You eat the greasiest McDonald's burger that you possibly can. Uh, But no, all jokes aside, 
what happens when you get back is I would say as important, if not more important than anything that just happened. Uh, because really you have an opportunity now to say, all right, we can choose to ascribe to the idea that what happened there was over there and now we're back to mm-hmm. our life and nothing's changed. Or you fight that and say, just because God moved like that over there doesn't mean he can't do that over here. So Absolutely. What, what are you going to do in your school? What are you going to do in your home? What are you going to do in our youth ministry? And so there is that challenge of like, how, how do we bring what we experience back home? And I think there are a few different ways to do that. Uh, one, we did a recap video. So I was snapping videos and pictures the entire time. I put it t- together a video with some cool music and they and could if, share if that. You, if you have students that are videography inclined, let them do it. Get them involved. This is a great way. Students, uh, there are so many students nowadays that could put together a great recap yes. video in the blink of an eye. Put together some testimonies and put them in there of yep. things that they experienced on the trip. Like the more you can get the students talking and sharing what happened on the trip, the better. Because like it's one thing for our students to like listen to us, like you should go on a mission trip or a mission team, and, and this is a super awesome. But when when they can see their peers genuinely pumped and just ecstatic about what happened. They want to be a part of that because, like we mentioned in episodes prior, FOMO is a legit thing yep. in the life of a student. Yep. So when they go, I want to be a part of that next year, that happens because of students. And Right. Not only can you use that recap video, you know, you could you could show it the next uh, youth event that you have. You could show that recap video uh, on a Sunday morning if your congregation financially and prayerfully supported your team. You could also use some of that footage or some of those testimonies as a promo video for years to come or pull a student on stage when you are promoting the next year's missions teams and have them talk about, yeah, this is what I experienced last summer and, and why I'm excited to sign up for next summer or something like that. The other thing that is super important when you get back is, like I said, there are going to be people in your congregation. uh, If you sent out support letters, you have friends and family that prayerfully and financially supported you. Follow back up with them. Yep. I tell our, I, I drill into our students every year. If you had people, especially financially, that supported you, send them something when you get back. Yep. Uh, you know, keep a journal the entire trip, and then you know, make copies of it and send that out to everybody yep. that financially supported you. Uh, you know, send them a letter saying, "Hey, this is what God did through our team, and this is what your contribution made happen." Yep. That's that's huge, and that's probably going to, uh, you know, the money was already given, the trip already happened. You are like selfishly as a student, you are sowing seeds for asking again next year. Yep. Yep. You know, if if you are diligent and determined to follow up with them, that's going to produce fruit in years to come if you want to ask them again for finances for another missions team down the road. Which also plays into parents as well. We talk about partnering with parents pre-trip, same thing post-trip. We love teenagers, and they have a lot of good things to share. But for you to be able to communicate with their parents, here's what I saw in your student, that they're too humble to share or that they Mm -hmm. don't see in themselves or... You know, here, here is like what I am seeing. Talk with parents. Have, you know, get your team together with their parents and do a cookout, order a pizza, 
have a night where they just share. Like, what better way for parents to be bought into you as a youth pastor, you as a missions teams coordinator, than to have their student just completely change before their eyes and be willing to share that with other people. Like that, there is no greater buy-in for a parent than to see, holy buckets, what did you do to my kid? Because mm-hmm. they Absolutely. are a different person. And so for them to see that, having a team get together is massive. Yes. Have a bonfire, have a uh, game night, something with the team after you get back, just as another opportunity for them to be around each other. Uh, you know, share stories and encourage one another and, you know, foster those relationships and those friendships that are that are going to last long after long after you get back. Um, but Derek, missions teams are awesome. But I want to touch on real quick, uh, you know, not every student is going to be able to go and missions teams only happen once a year. And so what are, you know, some other avenues with missions that we can point our kids toward when it's not mission trip, mission team season? For me, Speed Delight is a big thing that our students have really grappled on to the last few years because there are some students who might not be willing or able to go to a trip, but they can bust their butt at work. They can get creative with fundraising. They can support things like Speed Delight, which are solely designed to put money and resources in the hands of those who are in the world everywhere. Mm -hmm. doing awesome things. And for me, what was so fun is Speedlight has been something that has been a huge part of something I've been trying to establish in our youth ministry for the last four years because prior to me being there, that did not exist. And so for my missions kids to come back or or, on the the trip for me to say, y'all, like the reason that this person you look up to a lot here in Phoenix, the reason they're here is because they're being supported. And the reason they have this stuff is because somebody bought this for them. And that's when, when you give to speed the light, that's what we're doing to other people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the light bulb went on of like, Oh, that's why we give to missions because like this doesn't happen without missionary support. Mm-hmm. And I, to see them make that connection was profound. And you know, it, it, it it's a way that, we can get everybody on board to say, okay, even if you can't go with us, you can still make a global impact just like these students by doing this, by giving the speed of light. Absolutely. Uh, there's so many different missions organizations or, or ways that you can encourage your students to give to missions uh, more so than just going on a missions team and raising money for a missions team. Uh, and, and the other, you know, if you are a youth pastor out there and you are looking to go absolutely next level, here's something that I, I don't know, it took me five years to think of this doing missions teams. And this is something that we are implementing starting next year, next, next fiscal year for our church. It just follows the calendar year. So in January, uh, our youth ministry is going to begin to financially support each month, every single missionary or ministry that we have partnered with wow. in our with our youth missions teams, and so be, because again, that's that lasting relationship piece. You know, if we like our Panama trip is a good example where you know we we partnered with them in 2019, and I'd love to be able to go and partner with them again, uh, you know, in the future. 
And so having that lasting relationship where our youth ministry, even though, okay, the trip is already over, like our team went and we served and we, and we blessed that ministry. I hope after we get back, we are still financially, you know, supporting their ministry. And then all of like the way that we're going to do it is that all of the money that our students give in offerings in our Wednesday night services goes toward making that happen. Wow. And so, you know, if you're out there and, and you want to you know, really go next level with it, that's, that's something that we're going to start doing this year. That is going to be a, a stretch and a challenge for our kids. Uh, but I'm really excited for, uh, you know, for making that happen on, on a yearly basis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, missions giving is something that I think we need to always keep at the forefront of our ministries. Um, it's one thing to build a ministry and focus on building that, but when you become kingdom-minded, when you focus on what's happening outside of your four walls, God will take care of what's happening within your four walls. Mm-hmm. And so I have never seen I have never seen a ministry that has crumpled that has a missions heart. Like, they, like when you... Kirby, somebody I highly respect. He is he is someone that oversees all of our youth pastors in Minnesota. He said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, when you care about what God cares about, everything else falls into place. And God cares about his people. He cares mm-hmm. about those in every corner of the world, those that are far from him, those that don't know him. And so if you are in a place of you're starting a ministry or you're even reevaluating where you're at in a ministry, get passionate about missions because that will literally be what will maybe not right away, but over time that will change the culture, the attendance, the vitality, the longevity of your ministry by getting passionate about missions. And that's where it's going to start. If it, your ministry is not going to be passionate about something that you're not passionate Correct. about. Correct. So one, if you get passionate about it, parents, you can do this in your family. If you are, if your family led by the parents, are passionate about missions, then your kids are going to grow up in that culture and they are going, that passion is going to be contagious. Yeah. I love it. Well, hey, that is it for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Reminder, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, get notified each Thursday. Uh, when our episodes drop next week, part three of missions teams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have we have done this. But we are excited for next week. And uh, yeah, we are excited for yep. what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. Uh, how not to be a youth pastor dot com. Uh, how not to be a youth pastor at Gmail dot com. If you want to send us an email, uh, questions, comments, uh, constructive criticism, unconstructive criticism. We love that, too. But uh, that's it for today, Derek. I am going to go lose a youth student in a foreign country. Goodbye. Goodbye.